So today, ladies, we have another fabulous guest on the podcast, and I couldn't be more excited <clears throat> because let me just give you a little bit of frame of reference. In my period days, when I was having periods, I used a menstrual cup. Now, back in the day when I was using a menstrual cup, it wasn't as well known or as popular as it is today. And I'll honestly tell you that I loved using a menstrual cup. One of the reasons was because I just was not a really great tampon user. Tampons just did not feel good in my body and I didn't like using them. And I really didn't like using pads as a lot of you maybe understand that. So when the period, when the menstrual cup, sorry, when the menstrual cup came out, I thought that was fabulous. And I dove right in and started using it all the way up until I was no longer having periods. So I thought, what would be a better guest to have on today than the Diva Cup founder herself, Kareen Chambers Sani? So let me tell you about her. She is CEO and she is founder of the Diva International. Okay, they are the makers of the Diva Cup. Corinne always knew that she wanted to follow in her mother's footsteps as both an entrepreneur and an advocate for women's health. Yay, just like myself, a woman after my own heart. So after graduating her, the university, she joined forces with her mother to develop the Diva Cup. It's a modern redesign on a concept from the 1930s. They started Diva on a shoestring budget from their kitchen table. Okay, imagine that, just like a lot of us do at our kitchen tables, right? Challenging a male-dominated industry, their product was often rejected as an unwanted threat to, dis to disposables, okay? Disposables such as pads and or tampons. 19 years later, Diva Cup has taken Minstrel Cup mainstream and, and disrupted the industry. The Diva Cup is now sold in over 40 countries. Internationally, Diva has sold over 6.5 million Diva Cups to date. Corrine is a highly sought-after speaker and panelist, joining conversations all around the world on the stage and future of the menstrual care industry. She has won multiple awards for her entrepreneurship and innovation, including EY's Entrepreneur of the Year, RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneur Awards, Women of Influence 2019, and was nominated Canada's Top 40 Under 40. So let me tell you something. We had a great conversation. We had a little bit of technical difficulties because on her end, her internet kept going in and out. So there's some pauses and different things, but I think even with the difficulty in the technology, we had a great conversation. We talked about things like how um, she got into becoming an entrepreneur in the period, you know, cup business, okay? How it was working with her mom as her business partner. What were some of the struggles, if any, that she had at number one, being a female entrepreneur, all right, especially what was it like to carve out a new product category in the women's wellness space when you heard, and I said earlier, it was pretty much a male dominated space of males making these products for women. So how did she even get involved in the menstrual equality movement? That was a big one. You know, she's a, she's a mom, she's an entrepreneur, and we talk of course about work-life balance. Um, she shares her inspiration for other busy working moms and women, not only being healthy for themselves, but also for their children. And then she shares her personal health why, her personal wellness routine, and what she does to help, you know, keep all the sanity together of doing all this different kind of stuff. 
So I think you're going to find the episode very enjoyable. I think you're going to learn a lot and be surprised by what is a menstrual cup. And I really want you to take, listen, and I want you to go to divacup.com and check out the Diva Cup. See if this is something for you. It's sustainable. It's reusable. It's, it's much better on our environment. It's financially much more beneficial for you as a woman. And, you know, if you get over the stigmatism of, okay, I've got to insert something into my vagina, you are going to be well on your way to a brand new method of having a healthier period where maybe necessarily you don't necessarily have to use pads or tampons and you're going to find this new way very, very, you know, um, enlightening. Okay. And you can go to their site. There's so much education on how to use a diva cup, how to pick one, how to, you know, one that's right for your body at what age, what your flow is. It's all there. So I encourage you to go to divacup.com, check it out after you listen to the episode and then please come on over and leave us a DM over on Instagram and let us know what you thought about this episode and um, who else you might want us to bring on the podcast to enlighten you on new innovations that are being developed all the time for women out there. So with no further ado, let's hop into the episode and listen to Diva Cup creator and founder, Corrine Chambers-Sani. Hey there, and welcome to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, Millennial Women's Health Guide and Certified Women's Health Nurse Practitioner. I invite you to join me and hundreds of other women who are curious about their health, want to be their number one self-care advocate, and want to build a health portfolio that is robust enough to carry them through every facet of their lives. The Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast is the only resource you need to start, grow, or level up your health to the fullest potential. Discover why women all over the globe call the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast their go-to women's wellness hub, where we talk about women's wellness, we talk about business, life, and everything in between, all the things that pertain to us women being healthy. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community. Well, hey there, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. And as you heard me talk about in the introduction, we have a very special guest today. Um, I want you all to welcome Ms. Kareen. Correct? Yeah, Karen. Yes. And I'm just so happy and blessed to have you. Thank you for saying yes to being on the podcast. Um, I know you have such great wisdom to share with us today. So I can't wait to dive on in. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. You are so very welcome. So, you know, you have such a vast experience in um, in women's wellness because I've been reading up on it and the blog, just checking out a lot of your articles and stuff and um, sort of watching Pandora's box. So I'm really kind of interested in all this kind of stuff. So let's just start off. Let's you know, I want to talk about actually tell me what the diva cup is, because we've got a lot of women on the podcast who, you know, have menstruation and people who are not they're in the menopause phase. We've got women all over the board. So I'd like to just talk about those just so they know what the cup is, because I know what it is. I used to use one. So I want them to all know, too, what a great thing it is. Absolutely. Well, um, and it's great now that so many People and women know about menstrual cups now. They've become really popular finally. It only took like how many 80 years since they've been invented. Um, But the the diva cup and menstrual cups in general are a little uh, reusable cup. And it's kind of a bell shape. And it's just simply folded up, inserted into the vaginal canal. And it pops open, makes a seal. And the menstrual flow catches in the cup and it can actually be worn up to 12 hours safely reused, which is 
so great for the environment. It's kind of got this major ick factor that freaks people out. But when you try it, you realize it's so much cleaner and easier than usually the tampons and pads that we're already dealing with. Um, so that's basically all it is. It's such a simple device, but it works. And it's really a game changer for so many people, about millions and millions of, of uh, women and people who menstruate around the world. Yeah, I know when I used one, it was fabulous. I loved it. I never, I could never really use tampons and pads kind of get, you know, they're kind of gross some of the time. So I really liked finding a different option that was out there too. So now that we know kind of what that is, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into number one, being an entrepreneur, but an entrepreneur, you know, in the period or the women's wellness industry. And I know that, you know, you started with your, you know, your mom was a big influence. So tell us all about that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Well, my, the company was started with my mom, Francine in 2000. Uh, we kind of started around 2001 uh, and launched um, in 2003. So we're pretty much like 20 years, 20 years in, but even before that, when she was 13, 14 years old, she was starting to dream of this concept. Didn't know it's been actually around since the 80, uh, 1930s for over 80 years now, but she was dreaming of this concept and thought there has to be a better way. There has to be um, this, something that's, that's allows us to have a freedom because she really felt uh, as a girl in, at that time, that she had all her freedom taken away. And she was told you're a woman now and you can't play sports and you can't do this and you can't do that. And, and she was like, what do you mean? Like, I can't do all those things. Like, it was very, very upsetting for her. So that kind of started, that was kind of the catalyst that really created um, the spark of our passion that turned into creating Diva um, back in, in 2002. And the good thing is that we have, we've spent the last 20 years really educating and, and building awareness around more sustainable, healthier options. And it has not been an easy journey, as you can imagine, <laughs> um, going into, I mean, there's so many reasons, but that's kind of where, where it all came from. And here we are today. Yeah. Wow. Your mom was a real pioneer. I mean, yeah. I get where she, I get where she comes from, you know, and, you know, the struggles and everything. So I know that you started the company, you said it's been 20 years and it was like back in 2002, correct? Yeah. And then, so it's all ventured all the way today. So how has it changed? Like from those early days, you know, and the struggles and the struggles that you had in those early days to like kind of how it's migrated over the years to now and where it is, because you're in a lot of stores. I mean, I saw it, you're in retailers, many of them, I think the list was so long, it's awesome. And then, you know, on your website. So how did it get to be evolved to what it is today? Um, oh my gosh, it's, it's, there's so many, so many challenges and so many factors, but I mean, in the early days, even just finding a company that would partner with us to develop and produce the product. Um, our products are actually made in Canada. It's, it's always been made in Canada. And we are really proud of that because a lot of the new companies are coming out of China. And I, not that, you know, there's, there's just not as much control around the manufacturing and quality. And it is actually regulated as a medical device. Um, but getting just like a medical device on the market um, and we had this dream that we would be able to enter the mass market and be on every single retail shelf because we knew that that was going to be the only way that 
that women would really accept this as an option if they saw it on shelf next to the other products. So this was like our, you know, big, big dream. And we thought, okay, it'll just take a couple of years because of course, as soon as we show them and we made it in a really professional package. And like, once we went through all the rigmarole to even get to that point, which took two years, um, we were just gung ho. We were we were ready to present, and we basically just got the door slammed in our face over and over and over again, because uh, for a lot of reasons. One, the ick factor. Nobody knew or understood or thought there was any reason to have anything different. Yeah. And two, the industry was really male dominated. All of our buyers were pretty much most of the buyers in back in those days were men in this category and they were not interested and they were they just like were embarrassed though no we we sell tampons and pads and this is the formula and this is the turns and this is like they didn't even know how to consider another thing or why we why we would need to consider another thing definitely so um that took us many years to overcome and build the distribution. And that's kind of like a really, really long story, but lots of factors and some calculated risks and a little bit of crazy risks ended up, ended up finally getting us in the largest Canadian drugstore chain, Shoppers Drug Mart. And it ended up doing really well. But this was like years later. It took us 11 years to get into our first national account. Uh, We had some regional accounts. It it took us about five years just to get all the Whole Foods regions. Uh, That was like pulling teeth. We had a lot of buyers and female buyers, actually, that were not just not interested. And I'm like, it's Whole Foods. Like, how can they not want a sustainable option? Like, this is so much better. But... It wasn't, it just wasn't accepted. It was, it was really like ripping teeth out to, to get any traction for us. It took us a long time. So is there, let me ask you, is there, is there more female buyers now than there was back then? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's probably like half and half, Um, much more female buyers in general throughout the retailers. But at that time, it was just kind of the beginning and and the turnover was starting to happen. But primarily, most of the buyers, in my experience, were were men, the majority, at least, not all. Still there, you know, it's it's funny because there's a majority of men in in all female led products, majority, you know, until you start getting some female founders and other people, women who come in and say, no, this, we have to change it, you know, and you're right in the, in the period market the only the only change that that I've seen over the years is that now you know tampons and pads are made with organic stuff I mean that's really that's really the only option that's really has changed it's really never been anything else that's come in that's you know kind of disrupted like what you have in the marketplace so you know was it challenging I mean and how did you you know you had this passion for for bringing this in and disrupting in the women's health space. Did you find that as a big challenge too, that you had to, I mean, like you were saying, you not only had to educate buyers, but you had to educate, you know, women themselves. So like, what was, you know, in terms of educating, you know, the population, what was that like? Um, Also very difficult and more difficult because we didn't have the big budgets that, I mean, Tampax, the brand, they're spending 
you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising. And we're like this mother daughter, like trying to, trying to come and tell the world, but we had very limited marketing dollars. So we had to be really clever with our marketing. Uh, we bought remnants. We bought uh, any deals that we could get. Um, we did whatever we could really. And there, this was like before Facebook, before, before social media. So it wasn't like you could create kind of a buzz. It, it really was a lot of uh, strategic things. We did a lot of one-on-one. We did tons and tons of trade shows just to create education. But those early days and that investment, that's why I think it took so long is we had to, we had to count on kind of the army of, of consumers and women that were, were converts and became raving fans of the Diva Cup um, that just started those conversations and, and created buzz around it. Okay. So what I'd like to know now too, is like, you were talking about how it was both a problem with, you know, buyers. And then you were talking about how it was like with consumers, because the consumers, you had to get them on board to understand this particular product. So what were the things that you did to kind of get the the population, you know, or the consumer to really buy into this, to help get it to the mass market as well? Yeah, that was definitely one of our biggest challenges because we didn't have the budgets that people like Tampags are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on, on advertising. And this was like completely new. No one had our dollars as much as we could. We, we got remnants. We always were creative to stretch our marketing dollars. And this was like way before Facebook and social media so we didn't have the power and I think that is one of the reasons why it took us so long to get where we did and uh, to to kind of gain the traction but what really happened was by going to all these trade shows and talking to women one-on-one and educating and gathering all these these uh eventually who became fans and it helped it really helped us get traction and it took a very long time to do that, but that was our only option really. We didn't have any money from the bank. We didn't have any investors. We didn't really have any connections. Like we literally were just the two of us doing everything for many years until we, <laughs> until we were able to start hiring people and, and growing our business. But uh, it was a big deal that we had a website and most of our, our sales were actually through e-commerce and for the first 10 years, uh, but it took, it was definitely a challenge to get those c- customers and still is a challenge today. That's one of our biggest, continues to be one of our biggest challenges is education and uh, getting people to accept this concept as something that they would want to try when, when there, there's a lot of kind of taboos and stigma around, around the subject around menstruation. A lot of people don't want to talk about it and are uncomfortable putting something into their body. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can see that. Some people, you know, they put tampons in, but I have, like, in, in our practice, we see a lot of women don't want to use, like, the diaphragm, you know, because they have to put the diaphragm, they have to insert it in. And then certain cultures, like, especially, like, the Hispanic culture, they don't, you know, 
people don't, they don't like touching themselves. There's not, that's just not a thing that they do. So I can definitely see how, you know, the education has to come along with it too. But I just think, you know, for me, I mean, I went there, like I said, because I just, I, the idea of a cup and have it and just insert it and not have your menstrual flow come outside and all that other kind of stuff that goes with it is just much more appealing. And yeah. so I, think, I think more women are getting on, the, on board with that too, especially as, you know, more millennials are much more progressive in that perspective than I guess maybe like, you know, the OGs or the older generation type of thing. So I think it's great. So with, um, what I'd like to know is like, okay, if you can explain to listeners, okay, if they wanted to use like the Diva Cup, there's like, I saw on the website that there's those three different sizes. So talk to me just a little bit about like, just for a little bit of education. So if somebody wanted to go there after this and they wanted to experience and try the Diva Cup, how do they pick which size that they should use and kind of go for a little bit on that as well? Absolutely. Well, uh, our latest size is actually the, the mini one, which is the model zero. And it's really an intro cup. It's a beginner cup. It's teens. It's quite small. Most, a lot of women can wear multiple sizes. So it's really a matter of the capacity. We always, we used to use the guideline kind of like before childbirth, after childbirth would be the bigger size. Um, But that's kind of evolved over the years into everyone's different. Every, every body is different. So it's kind of like a, a really more slender uh, medium and larger size. Uh, the capacity is a little bit different for each one. And they're essentially, it's, it's kind of, you, you use kind of follow the guideline. And for the most part, that usually, that usually satisfies people, but even like there's been a lot of other um, cups come on the market. I think there's, I don't know, a couple hundred different designs now because people have different shaped bodies and, you know, they may have different cervix placement and different, different canal and everything. So, uh, but I would say for 99% of women can follow uh, the, the guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, it's like you with the diva cup, like you're, you know, breaking into a new market and kind of getting messed up. And I sit there when I do people's pap smears and I think, oh, there's got to be a better way to come up with something different. So we don't have to have the pap. I think with, you know, any of that kind of stuff, women just don't like it. And I think as we provide more options to them for different things, I think that we're making big advances in, in the marketplace. So I think that what the diva cup is great because it's making a big impact and then it's not only making an impact, you know, for, you know, for women in general, but tell me a little bit about, I was, like I said, I got, I was watching Pandora's box. I loved it. The video, how did you get involved in like in Pandora's box and how did you get involved in, you know, in menstrual equity and really wanting to provide a more sustainable way for women to be able to have this choice around their periods in different countries and different regions? Well, I think also that goes back to my mom and her passion for the environment and for sustainability she's always been into sustainability and I've never met anyone that can reuse every little thing imaginable like she has like no garbage she she finds a way to reuse everything um so she's like created that way and just is her passion and when we started into Devo it, because we required so much education, we were already 
in menstrual equity. We were already advocating for education, for advocacy, um, for all of these things to, and breaking down the stigmas just by having the conversations around diva cups and around our women's bodies. And so we ended up, we ended up getting, um, we ended up really getting involved with a lot of organizations over the years and in bigger and bigger and it's really become part of the ethos of who we are at Diva and, and what our whole team has become passionate about creating change and education and advocacy and accessibility to, to options. Um, and I was asked to speak, I had an opportunity in 2017 to speak at a, a period con conference for young advocates, uh, activists in this space. And it just, it felt like a really big thing. And I asked a, a film crew to come along and we just thought it would be really cool to, to show this and, and capture some interviews and you know, that ended up just turning into, uh, it was going to be a small documentary, like a short, and then it ended up turning into a full length documentary. And it just got bigger and bigger because we realized once we started digging in that there was so much um, and, and so many stories. And this just was important. And people didn't realize the challenges that that women and people who bled were facing around the world. And, and it's not just in developing nations, actually in Canada, it's like one in seven people can't afford menstrual products and they're not getting um, equal, like they're going home from school. And if girls are going home uh, because they're bleeding and they're missing school, they're not getting the same same opportunities in sports and in in education and everything so it just kind of perpetuates the um, the issues that we have with equality it comes comes kind of down more to gender equality so anyways that's kind of how we ended up creating handbox and it's just such a joy to to see um to see this getting out there and to seeing the impact that it's making. And if, if people can just say, wow, I, I didn't know about that. And now I know about this and I can talk about it. And um, maybe I have more empathy and compassion yeah. uh, for those in these situations, facing the situations. I, I think, you know, it's, it's a great thing. I was looking, I was reading your, the, about your Diva Impact Program and just the report that you put out in 2020 um, about, you know, how many people that you help saving packages, you know, all the environment. So I think it's fabulous, you know, I, and I, I know that, you know, that giving back is a big part of, you know, of who and your company is, which is always good when you can have more than just, you know, when you develop a company and you, and you go out for a mission more than just money, you know, when there's there to, to change lives, I think it's really great. It's really, um, it's inspiring. So it inspires me, you know, as an, as another woman in healthcare to kind of know that other people are out there trying to change, you know, women's health and make things better for everybody all over. Cause, um, I really didn't under, I didn't know about the, you know, the period equity thing until I kind of watched it really the depth of it, actually. I mean, I knew that, you know, in certain society, in certain cultures, you know, having a period, is just, you know, you're kind of like over there for your seven days, 
you know, you're not really looked at, but um, the fact that, you know, people can't even afford, you know, menstrual care to use when they, during their period of times and to learn about this and to get the word out there, I think is fabulous. So thank you for that. You know, yeah, and I definitely think, um, recommend to your listeners to check out the documentary and, um, to look for resources like all communities now, even food banks are in, in dire needs of, of these products. And there's, there's definitely ways to get involved in, in your community. Um, and most people didn't, don't even realize that's an issue in their communities. Yeah, definitely. It was so awesome. So, you know, you're not only an entrepreneur, but you're a mama and we have a lot of people on the show who are moms and are things. So, you know, I, I, I always ask people what their idea of balance is and how, you know, how do you, you know, in, incorporate balance into your life, you know, between working so much, having this big impact, you know, all the things I'm sure that you want to attain and, and do much more than, you know, currently what you do, because you always, when people have goals of impact, they want to keep on making that impact move forward. You know, how do you balance being a mom and a business owner, especially a female founder that is? It's challenging. I, I kind of learned the hard way when I burned myself out to the point of almost no return. And that was like when my kids were little, because we were, it was like really tiny for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was working around the clock and, you know, seven days a week, like we just didn't stop. And so when I became a mother, that obviously I, I was under the false idea that I could do it all. And I did, I, I actually did for my first child. I didn't take a, I mean, you're an entrepreneur, you don't have maternity leave or anything, but I didn't stop. I just kept working. And like she was born on Friday and I was working by Monday. <laughs> and it was just it was crazy it was not what you should do I don't recommend it to anyone um, but I, I really burned myself out to the point that I developed quite a lot of health issues and had pretty much a complete um, breakdown both mental, mentally and physically and so I, I have actually taken wellness very seriously now. I was forced to. Sometimes the universe does that. Yep. And it's like, nope. Oh, and when my daughter was seven months, and so I didn't know. I wasn't planning to have another baby so quickly. And I ended up having two babies within like they're 15 or 16 months apart. Yeah. while we're doing all of this and that was at a time that we had a very small team like we didn't have many people so it was really challenging but I learned so much about um about the importance of self-care and about rest and and I took a few months just to to try to help rebuild my uh, my system and wellness and nutrition. Um, and it's not always easy when I get really, really busy. That's the first thing that kind of goes out the door. Um, but I'm learning, I'm still, I'm still learning and really working hard to make that a priority. And actually, since we've been home more with COVID, I've had more time yeah. because I was, I was 
like out of the home a lot. And now I've been home for the last year and a half. Yeah. And, you know, I've actually changed my lifestyle and I, I found joy and, and walking. I walk every day and I do a lot more things like that that have, you know, helped the balance and the craziness. But I think what I realized is that there's no such thing as like this work-life balance. It's, it's more of a flow and because there's always like where things feel kind of crazy, but you need to balance, you, you need to, you need, I don't know if balance is the right word, but um, contrast that with, okay, this has been like a crazy time. I need to take a break now. Like you don't just keep going. You have to be like at the month of August, I basically almost took off. I was, um, actually had COVID in February and I've had some like ongoing issues with that and uh, then got like another virus because I was like working a lot again and so I'm like nope it's my body's telling me I need to rest now I need to rejuvenate take care of myself and that's how I've managed to do it and I'm be able I'm able to be more present for my kids and my family and and for my team but how can we be good at anything when we're just falling apart? Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's, I, I, I coach a lot or I, and I see, I take care of a lot of busy businesswomen like yourself. And I find that, you know, even though self-care has like come a long way in the last five, 10 years, especially in the last five years, now it's a big buzzword, you know, you hear it everywhere. But, you know, for me, I always say that when people talk about self-care, they talk about, oh, I go and I get my manicure, I get a pedicure, I get my hair done. And they look at that as self-care. And I'm like, no, so I, I mean, that's that's the icing on the cake, but the cake is the things that you do for yourself every single day, whether it's little small things carved out, kind of like what you said, because I think as business women, and I speak to them a lot because they their, their answer is, you know, I'll get to my health when my business is successful. I've got to put in the time and I got to burn out on those candles on both ends, like you were saying. And then when they get to that success, then they're so tired to be able to enjoy it. So I try to, you know, teach women, you know, how you've got to incorporate self-care, like you said, along the way and listen to your body. I think it's a really great thing that you listen to your body and you, and you know, you learn from your first one. You know, my kids are 15 months to the day apart too. So it's kind of like raising twins, although not twins, but yeah. And there was, yeah. And there was a point, like, I think in 2017, when I just, you know, like you said, I just shut down on everything. It was like, you know, I need to just kind of find me again, because you get so lost when you're running a business and everything and putting out to your family, your friends, your community, your job. And you don't think about it while you're in the thick of it until you kind of wake up and like, oh my God, I'm, I'm exhausted. And then, yeah. you know, and then you think, okay, well, that's just normal. So I'm going to keep pushing through it. So I think that it's really good that, you know, that you said that, you know, that you, that this whole month, you, you know, you brought it, talked to you and that you took off. And especially this past year, we've all kind of had to get back to refocus on those things too. So, I mean, um, so what are some of the things like I, you said that you started, you know, you walk a lot and you do all those other kind of things too. Um, what would you tell like other businesswomen? I mean, do you think, I mean, some of your inspiration for working moms and for busy businesswomen just in general, I mean, how to steer the path? Yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is asking for help and creating, like we, we have this strange thing that I, I find so many women I talk to do this. It's like, we think we have to do everything and we're the only ones that can do it a certain way. And that may be true that the way you do it is 
is the best way, but I, I don't think you can actually grow your business without that. And what I witnessed is that when we actually brought in people smarter than us and that were like had experience and specialized in areas, investing in surrounding yourself with a good support people yeah. is so invaluable to your business. It has paid back tenfold for our business because now, first of all, I'm not in the weeds anymore. My brain can actually have some breathing space. And the, the thing that I love the most, which is the creativity and the creation of, of products and, and, and like just the overall direction of where, where we want to go and, you know, where we want to give to and how we, how we can serve others and just those bigger picture things I now have the mental space to do that while the business is growing with incredible people that are really good at what they do and you know we're we're learning to all work together to to make this happen and you don't have to do it all yourself you know if that's not the only way and I I really believed that it was like oh because you know and, and it sometimes is, is hard to find the right people the people issue is definitely yeah. a hard thing to do but um when you do find the right people and you set the intention to create this this um you know this right or uh, group that can really help um see see your vision and going back to actually creating the values of what we stand for and who we are and where we're going all of that has just attracted um a, a totally different set of people and we're doing things that i never don't have to grind myself into the ground anymore i i'm along for the ride and guiding it and becoming a leader and becoming uh it's still able to to be a mother and to be a wife and to take care of myself and that's that's like I mean, for me, that's the ultimate dream, but it is achievable. It is attainable. Definitely. I mean, I think now more than ever, you know, there, now you hear the word collaboration versus over competition. And I think that, you know, finding the right people and especially even not necessarily just in a, in a business, it's important, but in your life too, you know, girlfriends that you can rely on support systems and different things like that. I think, especially now I just did, um, I was doing some research. And for our last podcast that we did, it was talking about the importance of, you know, of having friends and family and community, especially right now, since we've been so isolated over this past year and a half, yeah. and, you know, and, and how the depression and, you know, stress and anxiety, you know, is like through the roof in all different areas. So, yeah, I think finding your tribe, both in your business and finding your tribe, both outside of your business is one of the key things to do. And I think that's so, you said it so beautifully, it's really, um, you know, it's there because I have a lot of good friends too. And sometimes when you're having a bad day, you just need to talk to somebody, <laughs> you know? That's a good point. And I know uh, like mentorship has been really key for me in my own uh, evolution and kind of even, even being able to step into success is, is a thing. Like it's not, it doesn't just happen by itself. It's, there's a lot of 
we have a lot of negative self-talk and I, I definitely was doing that. And, and I was believing people that there were certain people around me that, that made me feel like I didn't deserve to be there or, or, you know, they knew better than me kind of thing. But, um, uh, having mentors that have already done what you've done or some, even if it's like an adjacent industry, just to, to, get that encouragement and to get your head out of that negativity has also been a big shift for me and it's been easier to pass on now and to work collaboratively with with people um, after doing that work and it's like a it's an ongoing thing but that's been a big that's been a really big impact for me yeah I think that you know like you said mentorship is really great especially I think for, you know, for new business owners talking about entrepreneurship or people who are thinking that they want to go into entrepreneurship, you know, because it's not an easy thing, as you know, you know, it, it, it takes a lot, you have, you have to have a tough skin. And I think I know, especially for me being new, I mean, I've been doing the business for about like four years and stuff. And when you're, when you're first new and people are telling you, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that and you like drive with what you feel, you know, but you're, but you always think that they're right because they're like five steps ahead of you. Yeah. And sometimes kind of, I got to a point where I just felt like I couldn't even trust my own instincts sometimes because I was like, okay, well, if they're telling me I'm feeling this way, but they're saying that it's not the right thing, you know, it's important to find, like you said, find people that support you in your decisions and kind of like, will work with you with how you see the worldview and where you want to go with your product too. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's like a combination. I think um, getting opinions is ultimately you do need to follow your gut and usually your gut does tell you the right way and I think just approaching it with kind of like an open mind and say you know what I'm gonna try this it might not work but I'm I'm okay taking that risk and you kind of have to have that mentality because in business it is inevitable that things will fail you will lose money things happen like that and if you're too attached to that outcome and, and that defines failure to you, you're not entrepreneurship or whatever you're doing. Like it's, you really have to just be open and say, okay, we're going to try it. And that's where I think success, like celebrate the successes and just get over the failures because they happen. Definitely. I think, you know, definitely. And I think people have to, it's like, you have to learn how to, I don't look at failures. I try not to say the word failure. I try to say it's a challenge and I yeah. have to figure out a way around that challenge, you know, and sometimes it can be a little bit mind boggling, but um, I think it's great. So, you know, today, you know, I always ask as we wrap up things, I was asking, and I know that you talked about this earlier too, but what is your, you know, like you said, your, your personal wellness has changed over the years since you had your first one to your second one, you know, and then with COVID and stuff, but as the world starts to open up more, you know, and I'm sure you're going to be hope, well, you might be getting back into doing business as usual, you know, out there again, hopefully, but you know, what are, what is your personal wellness kind of routine look like today? And, you know, and how is it kind of, how do you incorporate or try to do something every day? What do you do for your sanity and as a businesswoman as well? And a mama. Yeah. Um, well, usually the morning is for in our house. It's like all about the kids. But I I do uh, really like that kind of make sure that I just kind of 
like can wake up a little bit, get my head on straight. I usually like put a podcast on or put some music on. Like music for me is is very, very important in my life. I I need it all the time, like every day. And sometimes it's just like I need upbeat, but a lot of times like I'm I'm so overstimulated. My system needs kind of calming stuff to even get me started in the day. It's like I'm like a slow person. I just I need that that calming effect. And just giving myself a little bit of extra time so I'm not rushing around. So I, get, I find that just gets really stressful when you're just rushing around and like kids and like they always forget something and you have to yeah. go back upstairs and like there's always something that someone didn't think about. And it just, if you get your mind a little bit, like that's, that's a really good help. And then once they're out the door, that's when I, that's when I do my self-care, my walk. Um, I usually do a bit of reading. We have this like energy machine that I sit in front of and do some reading. Um, and just kind of like, that's my time to with myself I just started doing uh, Mel Robbins has this the new mm-hmm. high five habit yeah yeah which um, yeah so I've I've me and my friend have been doing that the last the last uh, I think month so you know just like really acknowledging and high-fiving yourself and you know just prepping some food for the day having a healthy breakfast I, I also nutrition for me is super important so I do all my supplements and um like about three times a week, I do celery juicing, I do celery, and that uh, helps with, I've got some issues that I'm working on, supporting, so just a lots of water, actually, I forgot that part, usually that's the first thing I do is drink a lot of water, Um, and that's super important, I drink um, alkaline we have a machine that makes alkaline water um, that's that's energized. And so it's, it's like, I don't drink coffee. I don't need coffee because I'm, I do, I have between the water and, and um, the energy machine and everything I do, like I'm, I'm good to go. I have my tea. I drink like herbal teas and stuff, but all of those things takes up a little bit of time, but that is like non-negotiable for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think all those are beautiful. They sound fabulous. They're like what we, our five core things that we talk about is get enough sleep, de-stress, drink more water, move your body and eat healthier in small little increments of whatever you can put into your day. Just focusing on those five things that you said, which you do is, you know, that moves your health forward each and every day. And to me, that's what self-care is, you know, it's not like I said, like the big elaborate things. It's the small little things, like you said, that you do that get your day going. And you have to kind of really understand your own personal body. Like you said, you're already, you know, your mind goes all the time and you're already an upbeat, you know, already upbeat person. You don't need coffee to kind of get you stimulated. And so I think listening and being in tune with your own body um, is, a, is a number, is a place to start too. And, and you said that beautifully. So, so at the end here, I just want to know where can people, number one, where can they find you? Um, all your different handles and where can they go to learn more about the diva cup and all that kind of good stuff and watch Pandora's box too. Absolutely. Well, um, you can find our company at the diva cup on pretty much anywhere. If you just type in diva cup, I think it will come up. Um, my personal handle is at 
So it's that my first name is spelled C-A-R-I-N-N-E. And um, Pandora's Box is now um, able to stream. You can get it on Hulu and Apple. And um, there's a whole bunch of like pretty much anywhere you can, you can like rent the movies. It's, it's in there. Um, and we have a lot, we do have an Instagram page, but I think it's getting rolled all into Diva. Um, so if you just follow Diva Cup, you can access everything Pandora's box as well. Oh, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, you know, for taking your time out of your busy day. You know, we have some technical difficulties, but hey, this is live, so we roll with it. I thank you for sticking with it to the very end. And, um, you know, we will definitely, I will hook up all of your um, links in the show notes and tell people where to go. And so thank you so very much. And, you know, and I just thank everybody for joining us today. I hope that you got something out of listening to Green. And, you know, you're going to go check out the Diva Cup and see that it might, that it might be an alternative or a way for you to, you know, get away from using pads or tampons, especially if those things you haven't really been liking those things. I think, you know, give something different a try and let her know how you like it. So until next week, ladies, thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week and bye for now. Bye.